Welcome to Come and See, a home-centered podcast-supported Come Follow Me. I'm Sam Rencher. And I'm Wendy Rencher. We'll be doing Alma 43 through 52. It's a long one. It was it's hard to do. It's a lot of reading. Yes. Yeah. Awesome stories. Just a lot of reading. Um, let's start right off. Uh, chapter 43, verse 1. It says, And now... It came to pass that the sons of Alma did go forth among the people to declare the word unto them. And Alma also himself could not rest, and he also went forth. So Alma, he's like such a great example for us. You know, how can we rest? He says Alma could not rest. You know, how can we rest when there's so much work to be done in, in God's kingdom? You know, have we done enough missionary work that we can just rest or can we just sit back and and Put say we've up. done enough yeah we really should just be anxiously engaged in a good cause as Alma was chapter 43 verses 4 13 and 14 we read about the Zoramites um, they've become Lamanites, and the Lamanites are coming to battle with the Nephites. Um, it talks about how the Zoramites and the Amalekites and the descendants and the priest of Noah, all these dissenters, just the dissenters themselves equal almost the total number of Nephites. And then when you add the Lamanites, who are a compound of the descendants of Laman and Lemuel and the sons of Ishmael, the Nephites are seriously, uh, grossly outnumbered. But what we get to verse 16, we introduce Captain Moroni, who's amazing. Verse 17, we learn that he was only 25 when he became the chief commander of all the Nephite armies. Verse 19, and when the armies of the Lamanites saw that the people of Nephi or that Moroni had prepared his people with breastplates and with arm shields, yea, and also shields to defend their heads, and also they were dressed with thick clothing. Uh, the Zoramites, we'll read in a minute, they're super afraid. But let's, let's first look at this verse through our spiritual eyes. Now, the people of the Lord are prepared to fight the adversary with the armor of God, which is really the only way to go into battle, is we're living in the midst of a battle for our souls and the souls of our family and those around us. Um, I also think we can connect this verse with verses 37 and 38 later in the chapter. In 37 it says, And the work of death commenced on both sides, but it was more dreadful on the part of the Lamanites, for their nakedness was exposed to the heavy blows of the Nephites with their swords and their scimitars, which brought death almost at every stroke. While on the other hand, there was now and then a man fell among the Nephites by their swords and the loss of blood, they being shielded from the more vital parts of the body, or the more vital parts of the body being shielded from the strokes of the Lamanites by their breastplates and their arm shields and their headplates, and thus the Nephites did carry on the work of death among the Lamanites. So I love um, their preparedness for the battle. And we'll see this uh, actually repeatedly um, throughout these chapters. Moroni was so inspired in preparing his people for battle. So are we physically and spiritually prepared for the battles we are facing? Our physical preparedness, you know, might include food storage, 72-hour kits, um, improving our 
health or how much we exercise or the way that we eat, um, increasing our skills or education to provide for our families. Heavenly Father wants us to be physically prepared for the challenges that come up in, in life. But he also wants um, us to have that spiritual preparedness, that daily prayer and daily scripture study and receiving revelation and going to the temple and participating in family history work and repenting and serving others. So as we look at all of these chapters and verses um, in this section this week and actually in next week's um, reading as well, yes. um, we want to kind of, you know, gauge what are our physical and spiritual preparations that we need to make to be ready for um, the battle? Because it, it really is a parallel of, of, you know, we're not fighting an actual war with swords and shields and all those things, but, but we are participating in that um, spiritual war and there are temporal and physical circumstances that go with that. An absolute real war. Just it has a different look and feel to it. Right. Uh, verse 20, we read about Zarahemna. He did not prepare his army with armor. So they're exceedingly afraid, verse 21, of the armies of the Nephites. So they leave Antionum and they travel over to the land of Manti. Verse 23, but it came to pass as soon as they had departed into the wilderness, Moroni sent spies into the wilderness to watch their camp. And Moroni also knowing of the prophecies of Alma sent certain men unto him, desiring him that he should inquire of the Lord whether the armies of the Nephites should go to defend themselves against the Lamanites. So he kept close watch as to what was happening around him. Uh, as we should keep close watch on, you know, what's going on in our homes. How are we living? You know, where, where are we at with our family media plans? How are we using our time? Are we holding family home evenings? Are we reading our scriptures, you know, etc.? Really important to keep an eye on how we're doing. Right. Do we have a, a plan? Again, throughout these chapters, you know, Moroni employs lots of different strategies in order to battle against um, the Lamanites. And, you know, we shouldn't be going into the battle without a plan. We shouldn't be, you know, entering the spiritual battle without um, a really specific plan that we then follow up with and, and evaluate, you know, how are we doing in, in carrying out this plan that will help us to be safe. The second thing Moroni did was he sent to know from the prophet what he should do. So we should also look to our leaders and specifically our prophet and apostles. We should listen to general conference and study their words. This is how we will know how to fight this war, uh, the spiritual war that we're in. Uh, verse 23, and again, as soon as Moroni, um, it says, I love how it, it says the again as soon. Um, Moroni didn't wait until they had lost a battle um, to do any of these things. He immediately did them. As soon as we should, as soon which is now, we should be doing these things, meaning evaluating and improving how we're doing in our homes and with our, with our personal lives. Uh, verse 24, Alma informed the messengers of Moroni as to the movement of the Lamanites and where they would attack. 
Um, our prophet really does the same for us and tells us where the devil will attack and therefore where we should put our time and our efforts so that we'll be prepared for the adversary and, and his onslaughts. So one example of this, I think, is the Come Follow Me, what we're doing right now. Um, you know, Come Follow Me was implemented um, not very long ago, and, and yet it's been um, great as we're in this pandemic circumstance that we've been studying the gospel more in our homes, that we have a manual um, that helps us to uh, plan and prepare for that study with our with our own individual study and also with our families um, and so really participating in that come follow me um, has prepared us for the current circumstances that we're in where we aren't regularly going to church with our ward um, that's just one small example of you know how our prophet the things that he asks us to do can help us to um, make the correct choices and, and strategy in our battle plan that we're creating. That's good. So once Moroni know what's, knows what's happening through his spies and his own efforts and through the inspiration from the prophet, um, he goes to that place in the land where the Lamanites will be attacking. And verse 24, sorry, verse 26 and he caused that all the people in that quarter of the land should gather themselves together to battle against the Lamanites, to defend their lands and their country, their rights and their liberty. Therefore, they were prepared against the time of the coming of the Lamanites. Fascinating how he deals with it. First thing he does really is what we should be doing. So how do we fight the war? We should gather and unify. We should gather as a family, gather as quorums or classes, gather as wards, etc. This war, this fight is not one to be won alone. Um, let's look at um, chapter 43, also verse 49, 43, 49. It says, also, and it came to pass that they turned upon the Lamanites and they cried with one voice unto their Lord, their God, for their liberty and their freedom from bondage. And so how did they go? They cried with one voice. They were unified. So that, that we jumped ahead a little bit into the actual battle. But again, they're fighting this numerous host. What turned the tide of the war, or that fight, was when they unified together. And what was the result? You see it in verse 50. And they began to stand against the Lamanites with power. And in that self same hour, they cried unto the Lord for their freedom. Uh, from the Lamanites, or the Lamanites began to flee before them, and they fled even to the waters of Sidon. So in that safe, self, safe, self, same hour that they unified, they began to win, and the powers of darkness fled from them. I also like those verses um, because it. I mean, the men of Moroni saw the fierceness and the anger of the Lamanites, and they were about to shrink and flee from them. That's verse forty-eight. And then Moroni sends forth the thoughts to inspire them about their liberty and their lands and their families and their freedom and all of that. And there might be times where we want to shrink from responsibility to stand and fight for good. Um, but this is a great example of a people who, you know, said, okay, our, our leader is asking us to stand up and to stand for good and to fight for what's right and, and, and then try to follow that example. Um, I think that could be in 
following our prophet's counsel to use the correct name of the church. It could be in his counsel to um, do whatever is necessary to hear the voice of the Lord and then to act on it. It could be the counsel that he's invitation that he's given us in this previous conference to um, participate more fully in family history research and indexing. Um, all of those things can help us to stand together and, and, to, and to fight for, for good when maybe we kind of want to back away and because it's hard or because we're not sure what we should do or, or something like that. That's good. I like that application. So let's let's back up again. So this is before the fighting has started. Uh, Moroni knows where they're coming, as Alma has told them. He's gathered the people. And then verse 30. And he also knowing that it was the only desire of the Nephites to preserve their lands and their liberty and their church. Therefore, he thought it no sin that he should defend them by stratagem. Therefore, he found by his spies which course the, Lame, the Lamanites were to take. So I love that he was going to defend by stratagem. So this uh, Wendy already introduced, but stratagem, another, another word for that would be plan. So if he's going to defend by stratagem, we should do the same. So what is our plan? Really, we look at what, what would be our weak spots and create a stratagem or a plan. So, for example, if we're not doing home evenings every week, let's create a plan or a strategy of what are we going to do to correct that weakness and start having home evenings what if we're not reading our scriptures as a family every day well let's correct that problem by creating a strategy or plan how are we going to correct that problem and start having scripture study every day are there family members using media too much we're playing video games too much or something of that sort or maybe where someone is viewing inappropriate media well, what is our strategy or plan to fix that? That we need to we need to have a plan. Uh, this also ties to our own personal lives. What is our strategy or plan to improve? Well, sometimes we call that goals, and you know our new youth programs are based on building a strategy or plan for improvement or having goals. How are we doing with those? And I I think it's important to note that the new youth and the children and youth programs. Like adults can do it too. Um, it's not not just children and youth that can make goals, but um, it's actually a great resource for adults too. And so, you know, as we're, if you don't have children and, and youth, um, you can still look at, at that plan and, and that might help you in creating goals. Or if you have children and youth, do it with them because um, that will help them in also, you know, seeing their parent or their, you know, whoever um, doing something with them. Um, creating a goal, trying to improve, um, and, and that's great for your own personal growth as well. I totally agree. It's such a great resource. I, I think everyone should be doing it. Um, verse 33 is great. It says, And thus, having placed his army according to his desire, he was prepared to meet them. You know, once, we, once we have a goal, we need to execute it. You know, we need to execute our plan so that we'll be prepared to battle, prepared for our lives. It would be good to evaluate how are we doing towards our goal? Um, how are we doing? Are, are we working towards them? You know, we, um, if we don't evaluate how we're doing with our goals, they seem to fizzle away. 
it would be good to always check where where are we at with those have we placed our armies are we prepared to meet the world that we're in let's look at 38 um this is in the midst of the battle now they've started fighting um the lamanites are actually falling right now Verse 38, while on the other hand, there was now and then a man fell among the Nephites by their swords and the loss of blood, they being shielded from the more vital parts of the body or the more vital parts of the body being shielded from the strokes of the Lamanites by their breastplates and their arm shields and their head plates. And thus the Nephites did carry on the work of death among the Lamanites. Um, I think a way we can apply this to our lives is here where they are shielded from the most vital parts of the body. Well, are our goals and our efforts shielding us from the most vital parts of our bodies? Or in other words, do we have the right goals? Um, if, if we are doing our goals correctly, it is focusing our efforts and what we do in our lives. Well, let's make sure we're, we have the right goals so that our efforts are protecting us in the right ways. Um, you know, if we accomplish our goal, what, what would we become? What difference would it make? Is it, the, is it the most important things? Are we really becoming who we ought to be based on our goals and our efforts? And I also think, is it leading us towards Christ? Because that really is, should be the focus of our goals. You know, whether they're physical goals or social goals or, or, or spiritual goals, um, all of our goals should be helping us become better and more like our Savior. Absolutely. So the Nephites, by stratagem, or their plan, and by their armor, they've surrounded the Lamanites at the waters of Sidon. Moroni calls a ceasefire and commands that the Lamanites make a covenant of peace. Chapter 44 now, let's look at verse 4. Now we see that this is the true faith of God. Yea, ye see, this is Moroni talking to the Lamanites, ye see that God will support and keep and preserve us so long as we are faithful unto him and unto our faith and our religion and never will the lord suffer that we shall be destroyed except we should fall into transgression and deny our faith anytime we see those words now we see it is a clue that they're going to say here's the principle or here here is a principle or here's even the purpose that this story was included in the scriptures so it's a learning mo moment so what do we learn? Well, one of the principles behind this story could be that God will support and keep and preserve us as long as we're faithful. And then there's always that big except word, except we fall into transgression and deny our faith, and then we lose that protection. Yeah, I, I think um, along with verse 3, where he says, The Lord is with us, and he has delivered you into our hands. Um, this is done unto us because of our religion and our faith in Christ. So God is, is again providing protection and strength for his covenant people. Let's look at verse 5 now. It says, And now, Zarahemna, I command you in the name of, of the all-powerful God who has strengthened our arms, that we have gained power over you by our faith, by our religion, and by our rights of worship and by our church and by the sacred support which we owe to our wives and our children 
by that liberty which binds us to our lands and our country, yea, and also by the maintenance of the sacred word of God, to which we owe all our happiness, and by all that is most dear unto us. This is so interesting to me. So Moroni lists the reasons why they're winning. And he doesn't say, well, we're tougher than you. He doesn't say, well, we're more skilled than you. He says that God has strengthened them because of their faith and religion and so on. So we become strong by faith and through our religion. And then I love how he says that he says to what they owe all their happiness, all of their happiness. He doesn't say anything about, well, because we have lots of good stuff, we're happy. He says the maintenance of the sacred word of God. That word maintenance denotes to me something that they're doing constantly, like constant scripture reading, constant maintenance of prayers, of temple attendance, etc. It is the maintenance to the gospel that we owe all our happiness. I love how Moroni too gives all of the credit for their success to God. Um, he, he knows that it, again, from verses three and four, that it was God that supported and delivered and protected them. And he, you know, speaks that freely. That's great. Uh, the Lamanites, they don't accept the terms of Moroni. And Zarahemna, in fact, tries to kill Moroni right then, to which he loses his scalp. Um, many of his men give up at that point, but not all of them. So the battle continues, and eventually when they see they are all about to be killed, uh, verse 19, we see Zarahemna crying out, Okay, stop. We're going to make a covenant. Just don't finish us off. Uh, verse 20, it says, And it came to pass that Moroni caused that the work of death should cease again among the people. And he took the weapons of war from the Lamanites, and after they had entered into a covenant with him of peace, they were suffered to depart into the wilderness. That's incredible. I think one thing we can learn from that is, one, Moroni keeps his word. Uh, they made a covenant with them, and then he lets them go. And the second thing I think we can learn from that is that he doesn't seek revenge. Um, he forgives. He doesn't hold a grudge. It, all these people were just trying to kill him. But as soon as they make a covenant that they're not going to anymore, that's it. He lets them go, and that's a great example for us. Let's go to chapter 45, verse 1. Behold, now it came to pass that the people of Nephi were exceedingly rejoiced because the Lord had again delivered them out of the hands of their enemies. Therefore they gave thanks unto the Lord their God, yea, and they did fast much and pray much, and they did worship God with exceedingly great joy. So from, these, from this verse, um, I think we learn what covenant keepers do. Um, it says the people of Nephi were exceedingly rejoiced. Um, they rejoiced in the miracles and blessings that God had given to them, delivering them out of the hands of their enemies. Um, real covenant keepers always look for and rejoice in, in miracles and the blessings that God gives to them. Um, it also talks about that they gave thanks to God. Um, covenant keepers are grateful and, and making sure that they speak that gratitude to Heavenly Father. said that they fasted much. Um, and prayed much. Covenant keepers 
don't just pray sometimes or, you know, fast here and there half-heartedly. Um, they fasted much, they prayed much, and then they also worshiped God with gladness always. Um, if we're keeping our covenants, um, we want to worship God. We want to, um, to speak and to praise and to um, rejoice in, in all of the good things that God is providing for us. Great. Let's look at 46.15. It says, And those who did belong to the church were faithful. Yea, all those who were true believers in Christ took upon them gladly the name of Christ, or Christians, as they were called because of their belief in Christ who should come. I love that, that phrase, um, that they... The gladly, that they took upon them gladly the name of Christ. It's very similar to the end of the last verse, that they worshiped with exceedingly great joy. I think that's how we should worship, is with exceeding great joy and gladly. That seems to be the right way to go. Um, also, well, this is over. We're going to skip over to 46, but it, it kind of goes along with what we've been talking about here. In 46, 20 to 21, um, it says, Behold, whosoever will maintain this title. So this is after um, the title of liberty has been put up. He said, Whosoever will main maintain this title upon the land, let them come forth in the strength of the Lord and enter into a covenant that they will maintain their rights and their religion that the Lord God may bless them. Um, so when we want God's power with us, um, like they did, they, we make covenants. They made covenants. The same thing applies to us. If we want God's power with us, we make and keep covenants. And then in verse 21, it says, The people came running together with their armor girded about their loins, rending their garments in token or as a covenant that they would not forsake the Lord their God. So I, that came running part, I interpret that as excited, eager, happy, willing, prepared to be a covenant people with God. And as we make covenants and as we teach our kids about covenants, you know, are we teaching them to be eager and happy and excited and prepared um, for that experience? Um, because that's what it is, an amazing opportunity that Heavenly Father allows us to covenant with him. That's so awesome. The gospel is not drudgery in any way. It is exciting and happy and we should be eager. We should be showing by example all of those things. Again, there were a lot of chapters, a lot of information, lots of history, which is all super interesting to me. I loved all of it. But we, we decided to focus more on, on different principles from specific stories or verses instead of going over the history. Well, let's, let's jump to chapter 50, verse 1. It says, And now it came to pass that Moroni did not stop making preparations for war to defend his people against the Lamanites. For he caused his army should commence in the commencement of the twentieth year of the reign of the judges, that they should commence in digging up heaps of earth round about all the cities throughout all the land which was possessed by the Nephites. So we should not stop making preparations for war. Um, 
we really are at war. If you look at 49.6, where it says they had also prepared themselves with shields and with breastplates, and they also had prepared themselves with garments of skins, yea, very thick garments to cover their nakedness. Uh, verse 7, and thus being prepared, they supposed that they should easily overpower and subject their brethren to the yoke of bondage or slay and massacre them according to their pleasure. Really, the devil is coming to war and he's well armed and well prepared. It's so important that we continue to fortify and strengthen our lands. Um, I like how Moroni, that he strengthened all of his lands and all of his cities. We need to protect ourselves in all aspects of our lives. If we leave a place in our lands, our hearts unprotected, that is where the devil will attack. Uh, I love that he did, that Moroni didn't slacken his effort, that he was in that state of constant preparation against evil. And, and these um, next few verses and, and these chapters really are a blueprint on how to build a personal and family fortress to protect ourselves. Um, it reminds me actually also of Elder Rasband's talk where he, a couple conferences ago where he talked about building a, a fortress um, so that we are protected from sin and deception and darkness and distraction. Um, some of the things that, that Moroni did, he built, um, he caused the heaps of earth uh, round about to be dug up and upon the tops of the ridges of earth there should be timbers. And upon the timbers, there was a frame of pickets built up and they were strong and high, it says. And he caused towers to be erected that would overlook the pickets. And he caused places of security security to be built upon the towers. Um, they had stones up there that they could cast those down. And um, they did prepare strongholds against the coming of their enemies round about every city in all the land. So, you know, maybe one thing to consider or one idea if you have kids is how could you reenact this um, building up the ridges of earth and timbers and pickets and towers and places of security? Um, you know, could you do it? Do you have a sandbox and you could do it there? Or do you have a backyard you could get a bunch of dirt and help your kids to build um, ridges and pickets and towers and places of security and then talk about you know, how those things apply to our lives and what Moroni did to build strongholds for his people and what we can do um, to build um, homes and, and families and lives that are also um, protected in the same ways. That's an awesome idea. I think kids would love that. It would create some great imagery and help them to understand those verses really well. But what was the result of Moroni doing all of that? Well, chapter 15 from about 17 on, it talks about... Chapter, chapter 50, he meant. Yes, he chapter 15. <laughs> 50, verses 17 through about 23, talks about prosperous circumstances, prospering exceedingly, um, how blessed they are. I love... Verse 23, maybe most especially, but behold, there never was a happier time among the people of Nephi since the days of Nephi than in the days of Moroni. Yea, even at this time in the 20 and first year of the reign of the judges. It doesn't say it was the easiest time, but the happiest time because of how they were living uh, when you when you build your home, your life into a place of security from the from the devil, 
then you'll be happy. You'll be delivered. And that, I mean, really, that's our goal is to protect ourselves and our families so that we can be happy. We have a sign in our house. It says to choose happiness is to choose God. And really, if we want to be happy, we, we have to choose God. And the Book of Mormon is these chapters are teaching us so many amazing ways that we can protect our families and choose God so that we can be happy. I think that's it. Thanks. Thank you for studying with us this week. See you next week.